0: able to do that amen praise God hallelujah I want to talk to you today just for a couple minutes on the uh, the new love boat the new love boat anybody remember the old show the love boat <laughs> yeah 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 so I want to talk to you about the, the the new love boat um, I started to call it um, a new drug. Because I, mean, you know, I think it was a Huey Lewis that said, I, "I got a new drug, one that won't make you sick, one the one that won't make me crash my car, or make you feel three feet thick." And he was talking about love, you know. So, so uh, I want to talk to you about a new love, uh, a new love boat, the new drug. How you want to look at it, or for the love of God, even maybe you want to say. But um, in, in John chapter thirteen, thirteen, thir- I mean, chapter thirteen, verses thirty-four and thirty-five, it says, "So I am giving you a new commandment." Love each other. I love that. See, this is this right here is at the Last Supper. Okay, he's already had the Ten Commandments and he had the Three Commandments and then kind of kind of two and then he's got just he's got this just commandment: love each other, just as I have loved you. You have, you should love each other, for the love for me, your love for me will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So this is this is his last commandment that he gives before he dies. He's sitting there and he says, "Look." All those other commandments are great, but I'm just going to, you know, y'all, some of y'all still ain't getting it. So let me just make it real simple. Just love people as I've loved you. And if you love people, then other people's going to know that you're a Christian. But if you don't love people, they're not going to know that you're a Christian. And actually, you're probably, probably not a Christian. And I'm not talking about, about, when I say love, I'm not talking about dating or sex or anything, I'm talking about just love, loving people. It's funny that we tell, we talk to our, our wives or our husbands, and, you know, we, we, the word love is so misused, especially amongst teenagers and stuff in school, and they just tell anybody they love them, they date them, they, they break up with somebody, and they love somebody the next, and, and uh, you know, and we love you. We tell everybody, hey, love you. We don't even know, we don't have to know, I hardly know who they are. You know, we tell our spouses, oh, I love you, I love you, you know, and then I turn around and I say, oh, I love bacon. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> And so it kind of makes your wife kind of feel bad. I mean, am I just a piece of meat? What is this, you know? You know, you love me like you love me. No, no, that's not true. And the thing is, 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 is that we, there's different variations of, of love, you know? And we, but we need to, but just because you say you love somebody, or just because somebody says they love you, they love you does not mean that they, that they do. You know, it's not a name tag that says, hey, I love you, or I am love, you know? It's, it's uh, not a sign outside the door that says, we are love. You know, it's not a doctrine that you put that, hey, we believe in loving people. All that, that's wonderful and that's pretty and nice and sweet and holy and just wonderful. But people have that, but they don't do it. You know, I'm talking about a visible love. This love that God's talking about is a visible love. It's not a love that you say, hey, I love you all. Oh. You know it's, it's a love it's a physical love. it's, it's a love that, that people can feel that you, you do it you know because you know there's a lot of churches that say hey we you know we want to be the lovingest church in this city we want to be the lovingest church you know in, in our community um, and they do that and they feel that way inside the four walls but they never love outside the four walls now the thing is if you love inside the four walls and you love outside the four walls that was just putting on the ritz in here that was just fake and it really wasn't real because if you really have the love that he's talking about here, you love inside and outside. Amen. And you love everybody, and you just love. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, it, and, and, it, and it's, it's not putting on the ritz; It's a real thing. It's something that you really do. It's not, it's, 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 it's not, it's not a feeling. This is a commandment. If, if, because if it was a feeling, then it wouldn't be a commandment. You know what I'm saying? Because, it, because you, he wouldn't need to say do this because it's a feeling that you could have and everybody would do it. So he's saying, you know what? This is a commandment. I want you to love one another as I loved you. The word love is in the, in the Bible about 500 times. Twelve times it's in John chapter 1 through chapter 12. So in the first chapter, 12 chapters of John, there is tw- about 12 times it says that. But listen to this. In the next 12 chapters of John... Which is the last 20, covers the last 24 hours of, of Christ's life. It talks about love forty-five times. 45 times in the last whoo, in the last 24 hours of, of, of love. First John 2 and 7 says a new commandment. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you. Rather, it's an old one. That you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment, to love one another, is the same message you've heard before. So he's saying, listen, I'm, I'm giving you a new commandment. Okay? But it's not new in time. It's not like a, I'm not giving you a new commandment. Hey, this is a new commandment you had not had before. No, it's one that you've had before, but it's new in quality and new in measure. For instance, you might have had a, a, a 1999 Ford, Ford Fusion, Ford Focus. It's Ford Focus, Okay? And now it's got 150,000 miles on it, okay? But then the other day, you might have went and bought a 2015 Ford Focus with less miles on it. It's still a Ford Focus. It's the same, it's the same car. It's just new, okay? And so it's different because it's newer, but it's the same thing. So that's what Christ is saying. Hey, it's still love. I'm still turning to love, but it's a, it's a new love. It's, it's a different love because prior to him down on the cross, you had to love, Prior to, prior to you dying on the cross, him dying on the cross, it was a commandment. You had to love, and there was no example. There was no reason. You're just supposed to do it. There was no example of that love. But because Jesus' death on the cross, the love commandment changed. Because they loved because it was a commandment in the prior, but now they love because they saw how to love. Because they felt the love. And, and, and in reality, if you keep... This command, this one commandment, all the other nine commandments are really falling into place, because if you really love the way you're supposed to, if you love if you love others as God has loved you, then you're not going to lie to others because because they're your neighbor. You're not going to steal from from them. You're not going to covet them. You're not you're not going to have you're not going to do the things that all all the all the things in the the other ten commandments. Because you got this one commandment that covers all of them. So, Pastor, what do you mean it's new? It's new in emphasis. A Christian, a Christian loves. They, they, they love what they used to hate. And they hate what they used to love. You're putting off the old self and putting on the new self. Things that you used to love because you were non Christian, now you hate because you don't want to sin no more. But the things that you that you used to hate, you didn't hated being a Christian. Now you love so because you're a Christian. Thessalonians 4 9. Now about your love for one another. We do not need to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. You see, they saw Jesus. They saw the love he had for others. It wasn't just a commandment that they didn't, you know, because prior to that, they had no example. They didn't know how to love. They're like, okay, well, I love you. They did the best. They did what they thought love was. But when Christ came and walked this earth, they saw how to love people. They watched him love people. They watched him and they listened to him teach on how to love people. It's It's more of a will than an emotion. It's not, oh, I feel love for you. It's a will. I'm going to love. I'm going to love. There's four types of love in the Bible, pretty much. There's like seven or eight types of love, different loves. And but, 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 there's, but there's really four main ones in the Bible that it talks about. One is obviously the agape love, A-G-A-P-E, and that's unconditional love. It's just a love that, that, you know what, God says I love you no matter what. You can serve me. You cannot serve me. You can curse me. You can hate me. You cannot believe in me. You can be an atheist. Whatever you want to be, I don't care. I love you. I don't care how bad you are. I love you. And then there's, then there's a phileo or a philea, and that's a friendship love or a Christian love, a brotherly, you know, fr- friendship love. Um, and that's a phileo, p-h-i-l. Eo or or philia, and that's a friendship or Christian love. Then you have the, the storge, storge love, and that's a familiar love or a family love. That's a love like like a, um, a parent love to their children. Okay, that's the storge love. S t o r g a e. And then you have the one that, that that other people have or we all have in us is the eros love. That's an erotic love. That's a passionate love. That's a husband. That's, that's a that's a love that's supposed to be only between a husband and wife. And, and when the church, and so we have to have that kind of love. And I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it until I die, that, that, that we're, that's the kind of love that we're supposed to show is that there's a brotherly love. When someone walks through that door, we should not be concerned about what they look like, what they act like, what their past is, what their present is, what their, their personality is. We shouldn't worry about any of that. Our job is to love. And then God is the one who is supposed to transform and change. Amen. God is the one who changes people. All we got to do is love. I don't care what you think about them. I don't care what you know about them. I don't care what you heard about them. That means nothing. Because they came, God sent them to church, and it's our responsibility to love them, care for them, and let them be discipled, and then let, let God change them. And then we, then we have done our job. But it is unfair to them for, for God to send them to us and then us push them back out the door. Okay? We want to grow. The way you—that's why. That's really why churches don't grow, because they judge and they push people back out. And so, so therefore, God like let them. Die. I'm not going to send you nobody else. I'll send you some, and you and you push them away. It's basic. Just it's just church 101. Just love people. I want to read First Corinthians chapter 13 to you real fast, one through 13, and let you really truly know what love truly is and how we're supposed to love people. I'm going to read it in the Message version because it just breaks it down A B C. And I just love simplicity okay um if i speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but i don't have love i am nothing but a creaking rusty gate okay so it's saying, if I, I get up here and I can speak with all the Hebrew and I can speak in Greek and I can speak with so much eloquence and I use all kind of big words and I, kind of, I preach to you and, and I scream and yell or whatever and do all this kind of crazy stuff and I, got, I, just, I just got so much in me with so eloquence and I just got these beautiful linguistic words and poems and stuff. And it says, but if I don't have love, I'm no more than a rusty, creaky gate. And I don't know about you, but creaky stuff just bothers me. I was sitting at it, I was, with, I was actually with, with Craig and, and his family and my family. We were, we were at a, a, a restaurant down, downtown, and they put us right beside the door where the waitresses come out. And this thing, you know, and, and I, say, I said, can y'all stop that? that, that? Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm be, I, I will, we'll work on that. And they kept on. So finally, me and Craig said, C- can y'all find some olive oil in the back? Bring it to us. We'll fix it for you. Because, I mean, we we're trying, to, it's, eh, you know, waitresses, they just come in and out the whole time. And it was just so aggravating. And so we sit there and they brought some olive oil to us. And me and Greg got, we, we put some olive oil there and fixed it for it. Just, we anointed it with it all. In Jesus' name, that, thing's, <laughs> that place is holy. And they walked through that holy place every time they came out of the refrigerator. But, but that's what, it's just, it's creaky. So, so it says you can have all this eloquence, and you can be beautiful in your eloquence. But it says that if, if you don't have love, you're just aggravating. Okay? This is, but if I, I could speak with, with the power of God, revealing all the mysteries and making everything plain as day, and have faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. I could be the most powerful speaker, and I could I could break down the the Bible and, and and just show it to you so so eloquently where you just totally understand everything. But if I don't have love, you might have got something out of it. But I am nothing. Okay. It says if you may give everything to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr. But if you don't have love, you've got nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, or what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. I can go to the, I can go die for somebody. If you don't have love, it doesn't matter. It says love never gives up. Love never cares more than, than others cares for itself. Love doesn't want um, what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of sins of others. It doesn't reveal when others grovel. It, it, it takes pleasure with the flowering of the truth. And I love that. It does not revel when others um, grovel. When other, other people are down and all that and you get a bug, you're not, you're not happy because someone failed. It says it takes pleasure in flowering of the truth. It puts up with anything. Um, trust God always. It always looks for the best. It never looks back. It keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech someday will be over. Praying in tongues will end one day. Understanding um, will reach its limit. But we only know a portion of the truth when we talk about God. It's always incomplete. Everything that we say about God, no matter how much I preach on this Bible, no matter how much I study, I could memorize the whole entire Bible and the Hebrew Bible, and I still wouldn't know how great God was and all the things of God. We're always going to be incomplete. Because if we were complete, we would be God. So we are human, so we just can't figure it all out. So it says that we'll always be incomplete. But when when the complete arrives which is G- when Jesus comes back to us, when he comes back, when the complete arrives, our incompleteness will be complete. It says, because it says our incompleteness will be canceled. So therefore, what it's saying is that, that, that it's okay because of the fact that, that when Christ comes, we'll know everything. We'll ha- we'll, we'll, uh, oh, that's what you were talking about. That's what you said. Oh, I understand. That's what everybody's going to say. Everybody's going to walk around saying, oh, I get it now. <laughs> Oh, 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 I get it. I get it. So I Look at your neighbor and say, oh, I get it. Oh. <laughs> uh, did, did, somebody, did somebody say, I ain't got a clue? No, I'm Okay, it says, we don't see things clearly. We're squinting through a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll all see it then, see it as clearly as God sees us, knowing as directly as he knows us. But for now, until that completeness comes, we have three things that will push us towards that consumption. So until he comes, there's three things that's going to push us towards that day. Trust steadily in God, faith. Hope unswervingly, hope. And love extravagantly, love. And the best or the greatest of these is love. Love, love, love. Um, We are not to act as if we love them. We're supposed to love them. You know? and, 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 when you're, and when you say, I love them, and you're like, but that's hypocrisy. I don't love them. No, no. What you're saying is you're saying, God, it's your commandment for me to love. I want to love. I desire to love. I'm having, a, I'm having trouble loving. But God, I love them in faith. Because I want to do what you've asked me to do. That's not hy- hypocrisy. That is obedience. You're saying, I'm just doing what you said to do, God. I'm loving them. I don't want to love them, God, because he did me wrong, but I love him. Okay? I love him. If we look through the eyes of God, we can love anybody. Okay? Then, so it's number one, it's new in emphasis, right? Then number two, it's new in example. He gave us an example of love. He, God said, you know what, let me just, let me just show you. You ever had somebody tell you that? And you try to talk to them, you're like, hey, let, me, let me just do it for you, let me show you. So God said, you know what, let me show you. Let me bring, let me, since you, ha- you can't understand the Ten Commandments, you can't understand love, I'm going to send my son down to show you. And so Jesus came and showed us how to show love. John 13, 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've done to you. That's right after Jesus had the disciples at the Last Supper. He washed their feet and said, I've given you an example. Now you love each other like that. Serve one another. God is not going to tell us to do something that He has not done Himself. That's why He sent His Son. And when He did that, when when Christ showed love, He never showed hate. He never showed malice. He even when He rebuked, He showed love. And so God says, You go love. And He had to put up with some jokers. I mean He had He had crazy, rebellious Peter with him. Peter would cut off ears. He would fuss and he would cuss. He he would act crazy and he was always wild. But Jesus continued to love him, even in his rebelliousness. Jesus continued to love him regardless of what Peter did. Because a lot of people like that, you want to push off. You're getting on my nerves, Peter. Just go away. You're fed up with it. But he loved Peter so much, even though Peter knew he was crazy, whenever Christ rose from the dead, who was the first disciple to be at the, 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 the tomb Peter because Peter knew that he loved him and he was excited he needed that encouragement he needed someone to believe in him Peter didn't believe in himself but he had Christ believe in him so whenever he oh he's alive he's alive and he took off he took off he had doubting Thomas doubting Thomas is like hey I don't I don't believe in you I don't, you ain't, you ain't dead, come back from the dead. You never dead in the first place. Where were you at? That was a good magic trick. He said, I'm not going to believe you till you show me the scars in your hand. He's like, dude, check this out. Oh, oh my boss. Yeah, yeah, I guess you did die, didn't you? That's exactly where he put the nails in your hand. Okay. So he dealt with people that doubted him. And then he, de- then he dealt with the b- b- betrayer in Judas. Judas. What a betrayer. That's just not a friend that that you know that's betraying you. Well, Christ knew he he was betraying him, but nobody else in the room knew it. He's sitting there at the Last Supper when Christ is saying, I'm going to die for the world tomorrow. I'm going to lay my life down. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be gory. It's going to be nasty. It's going to hurt. It's going to be really bad. Man, it's going to be awful. So I want you all to have a nice meal. And Judas is just sitting there knowing that in a few hours he's going to betray Jesus with a kiss. He's just smiling. I'm your friend. Every, everybody, I'm his friend, and then later on, he betruths. See, it's easy to love people who's lovable. And it's easy. It's even easy to love people that, that you feel sorry for, that are go, that are going through a bad time. But it's hard to to to. It's hard to love somebody who's done you wrong. But it's really hard to love a betrayer. But Jesus showed love to different people. So I want to talk to you, like, to talk to you about three or four people that he showed love to. Number one, John, chapter nine, verse thirty-five. Jesus heard they thrown him out, and he went out and found them. Okay, what had happened in that in that situation was there was a man that got he he got healed by Jesus. He he put the spittle in the mud and had him in the pool of Siloam, and he he went up there to the uh, to, to the to the uh, to the temple and was saying, "Hey, I'm healed. I can see now." They're like, "Wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about?" I don't believe that you've been born since your death because you're alive, and, and you said that he healed you today, and God doesn't heal on the Sabbath, so therefore we're not. That's not going to happen. He's like, no, no, no. Jesus healed me. Making a long story short, he believed in God, and if you believed in Jesus, they like, they they try to get rid of you out of the temple, they kick you out of the church, and so they kicked this man out of the church, and so he came to Jesus, and Jesus was like, hey man, it's me, and he didn't recognize him because he was blind last time before he got healed, and so he says, listen to my voice, don't you recognize me? He's like, oh master. Master, yes, I recognize you. Thank you. And he went after him, and he found him. He was, out, he, would, he was casted out of the church. And Jesus went and found him. Luke 15 and 1. It says that notorious. It says evil sinners came and were attracted to Jesus. People that were evil, people that were vile, people that were just the, the, the worst sinners of that time were attracted to Jesus so much Even though they didn't want to get saved and didn't care about getting saved, they came to hear Jesus preach. Because he loved them. Because he loved them. So whenever we when we have people in our city that you may they may not care about or not like or some of your neighbor or your friend or whoever it is somebody that done something wrong somebody that did this or that we should be able to love them so much that they still want to come to us and talk to us we should be that, that that people we should be that church that everybody wants to come here because they feel accepted even in their sin because you know what we were all sinners now we're not agreeing with their sin we're not accepting their sin we're just saying god oh the sin, Oh, uh, you're telling me Jesus in your, in your word. You're telling me, uh, yeah, but God, but they're, they're 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 this, they're 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 this, they're that. They they've done this, they've done that. But you're telling me here in your word that I'm not, I shouldn't be concerned about their about trying to correct their sin. My job just to love them, and you're going to deal with their sin. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that makes my my job easier. But the church feels like we're, we're supposed to be the righteous ones. You're going to hell. You sinner. Look at them over there. Going to hell in the church. Going to hell in a handbasket. But our job, we're relieved. God's like, no, 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 you, you don't worry about that. I just want you to love. I just want you to love them. I'll I'll convict them of their sin. They'll come down and get saved. And then you can disciple them. But you don't worry about the rest. Leave the rest up to me. You know, but hey, but we, but, we, but we we find it hard to do that. But I'm here to tell you, an old school song that 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 that, that the doctor used to say, say that helps you understand is a spoonful of sugar and helps the medicine go down. See, if we would talk if we talk the gospel to people with a little bit of sugar, it'd be a whole lot better. Now, listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating sin, and I'm not saying that people that are sinners are not going to go to hell. I'm not saying greasy grace as I was telling somebody yesterday. I'm not saying that whatever you do is okay. Okay, because you, there is recompense. There is, if you sin and you don't change, you will spend eternity in hell. But I'm saying our, I, I, that's between them and God. Our job here is just to love them. Love. That's it. Just to love them. The religious teachers and the Pharisees complained that he was associating with sin, sinful people all the time. The second group of people that he was that he talked about was the sinners. In John eight and eleven. Uh, 8 1 through 11 it says a woman was caught in the act of adultery does anybody as soon as i saw that you know what i thought about that move that program that you should just come on i don't know if it's still on or not on some channel but it's called cheaters and 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 they would find somebody that that, that cheated on their spouse and the spouse would get mad and they would call cheaters and cheaters would take a camera crew up there and oh oh he's eating with her right now okay they just left they got in the car let's go and they would go run they would roll up on a car pull out all these cameras and stuff oh how you feel now what, what's she with her? Who is she? What's she doing? Man, it was just a crazy show. I mean, it was so much drama. You know, and that's what it was. Cheaters came from the Bible. Because it says, hey, it says she was caught in the act of adultery. Somebody knew she was, caught, acted, caught, uh, act, was committing adultery right then. Somebody called cheaters. They showed up. And they said, oh, what's, what you doing? And then they dragged her out into the road, naked. And all of them sat there and tried to trap Jesus. What are you going to do now, Jesus? This is against the law. What are you going to do now? And he showed her love. Not one time did he talk about her sin. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he, he looked at everybody else and said, oh, okay. So he drew in the, sand. In, in, in the sand, a lot of people feel like he drew, some kind, he drew a list of sins possibly that they had committed. Some people even said that they put, hey, you slept with her too. But whatever he drew in the sand that day, they said, oh my boss, I, I'm sorry, what am I doing here? I, I don't even, I'm, I'm sorry, and, he just, and they just all left. And he said, look, no, all, your, all your condemners are gone, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Stop this life. Mary in the alabaster box, Luke chapter seven forty four through forty eight. I talked about this a couple of weeks, so I'm just going to read the scripture just for context. Then he turned. The woman turned and said to Simon, "Look at this woman kneeling here." When I entered, when I entered, and then and then um, uh, Jesus said to Simon, "When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash my the dust off my feet, but she washed her tears." I mean, she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the first time I came, uh, I came in, she has not stopped um, kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil on my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, though they are many, have been forgiven, and she has shown me so much love. But a person who was forgiven little only shows little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And then he told the men in the room, said, this is so powerful that for, the, for, for eternity, people are going to talk about this story. And so we do today. She came and she was a sinner. And she came and asked for forgiveness at the feet of Christ. She poured out her past. She poured out all her, her brokenness, her prostitute money. And she poured all that on the floor and said, God, I'll break it. I'll bust it to you. Forgive me. And everybody else that was religious sat around, didn't give him no oil for his head, didn't wash his feet, like, which was, all this was custom. Didn't give him the, the greeting of a kiss. And she kept on and on. And he said, she's forgiven so much. She's going to love me forever. And then the third um, sinner that was there, that we know about in the bible um, one of the other ones is the thief on the cross he was a prisoner and jesus showed love to him then the rejected the leper in matthew chapter 8 verse verse 3 it says jesus came down from the mountain after the cheers of the crowd were still ringing in his ears it says a leper a leper appeared and went to his knees before jesus praying master if you want to or if you're willing one translation says if you're willing can you heal my body Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I want to, or I am willing, be clean. And then there were no more signs of after that moment. leprosy after that moment. I'm going to do, do a message on that one day, and I'm just going to title it, I Want To. And, I, and I'm going to talk about how, how, how God wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to, but we feel like sometimes we don't deserve it or what have you, but we're going to do that one day. The next person that he, he talks to is the common people. That's me and you. Um, Mark 8, 1 and 3, it says, About that time, the same time, he found himself with a hungry crowd on his hands. This is Jesus talking. He called his disciples together and said, The crowd is breaking my heart. Look at that. That's, see, that's Jesus' concern. The crowd is breaking my heart. They have stuck with me for three days, and now they have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry now, they're going to faint along the way. They're going to pass out because some of them have walked hundreds of miles. So he sat there, these people were so hungry for God that they sat there and listened to Jesus teach for three straight days without even eating. And then he says, look here, I can keep right on preaching, but see, the thing is, is these people's got to eat. We got to get them something to eat. That's where the fishes is in the loaves, and he fed the 5,000 and all that happened at. But they were so hungry for God. But we can't keep people, get people to come to church for an hour on a Sunday. Just to hear 30 minutes of the word. And they listen for three days. Teach me. I'm hungry. I want to be better. I want to live better. I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want all that. But we can't get people to even come for thirty minutes. And then the next group of people that 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 he he uh, loved on, which is the part the, the other these other ones up here. I kind of I kind of do pretty pretty decent at. It. I love the sinners. I love the rejected. I love the outcast. But let, the Bible says, confess your faults to one another. This next one is the one that I have issue with. It says his accusers, those people who are doing him wrong. John 15 11, I have told you this so you may have the joy that, you, that, that may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love than no one than this to lay down his life for a friend. You are my friends, do what I command. He says that, and then he went to do cross, and his 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 crucifixion. He was up there naked, ashamed, and they they just ripped his bowels were hanging out. He was whipped and beat. They plucked his beard out. They gave him um, vinegar to drink. They put a crown of thorns in his head. The thorns are about that. I actually seen a a thorn tree like this um, in Israel, but the thorns are like that big, and they poured and they just they just beat him. And then he looks at him and says, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Oh my God. I can't say I would do that. If someone beat me to a bloody pulp and I, I, got, I got mobbed and somebody beat me down like that and, and I'm, I'm just tore up from the floor up and I'm going to look at them and say, hey, I forgive you guys. I, I just don't know I can do that yet. These other things I can do. I, 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 I can handle that. I love the outcasts and the broken, the defeated and all that. But looking at, at, at someone who, 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 who just beats you up and they accuse you and, and falsely accuse you and all this kind of stuff, man, I have a hard time with that. Now, I forgive them. I don't have a problem forgiving them, but loving them? You beat me up, I can forgive you. You can treat me wrong and I forgive you. But loving someone who just totally just destroys you and hangs you up out there in front of the world to mock at you, and they picked at him, man, I need to work on that one. Maybe we all need to work on that one. The, the next one is it's, it's new and experience. The last part is a new experience. First John 9, 2 and 9. If anyone claims to live in God's light and hates a brother or sister, he's still in the dark. Bam. <laughs> if you have a brother and sister in your family and you hate them, but you say, you say that you love God, God says, you're still in the dark. The light ain't turned on yet. It's impossible, it says, to be out of fellowship with, with, with a brother and be in fellowship with a brother in Christ. You can't have somebody in your family that you're out of fellowship with and say, Yeah, but I get along with everybody in the, in the Word of God. God's like, you're still, in the, you're still in the dark. You need to come out of the dark. You may, you may not be able to be around that person much. You may not hang out. You may not be BFFs, but you have to love them. The church is, is developed so Christians don't have to be alone. That's why church is here. So you don't have to fight this fight alone. We're together, we're a team, we're all here the Bible says forsake not the assembling of my people in other words don't hate going to church we should love going to church people people would walk hundreds of miles just to come hear Jesus speak one message that's why they stood so long I don't know when I'm gonna see him again he's gonna be somewhere else so I want all this way to see him I think that even the church has lost the hunger for God and to be with God's people and love on God's people it's a twofold relationship There's your relationship between you and God. Love me as I have loved others. So you got a horizontal, no, a vertical. You got a vertical and a horizontal relationship, which makes the cross. We love we love others as Christ has loved us. Okay? Matthew 5 and 23. Therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar, you're coming and you're saying, God, I'm at the altar, I offer you my praise. And, and and you remember that a brother or a sister has something against you. Not that you have something against them. That somebody has something against you. It says leave your gifts right there and go to them and reconcile and then come back and give me your gift. God wants unity. So much, he's not just saying, you got to get it right. He's saying, we need to help them get it right. Yep. If someone has something against you, you need to go to them. And say, look here, I'm sorry, but the thing is is do you care enough to work this out? Let me ask you this. Do you love Jesus enough to work it out? Do you love Jesus enough to say I'm sorry to somebody when you know they're not going to say I'm sorry back? Well, glory. Because it puts you in a spiritual prison. It puts you in a spiritual prison. Your mind becomes a box and a prison around you. God wants unity. Hatred puts us in the dark. Love frees us. Love brings brightness and helps us see better and more clearly. Haman was one of the king's chief men in, in the book of Esther. And, and he, he was evil and wanted to, 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 to destroy Esther and her people so bad, he wanted to hang the Jews. So he went out and made a gallow to hang the Jews and went to the king and tried to talk to him about the hanging of the Jews. And it flipped around on him. And he got hung on the very gallow that he built himself. So you try to do evil to people. Sometimes God will flip it on you. I'm going to do a little spit out right here real fast. Romans 12 and 10. Say, it says that that prefer one another. Romans 15 and 14. Teach or help one another. Romans 14 and 13. Don't judge one another. Thessalonians 5 and 11. Build one another up. Galatians 6 and 2. Bear one another's burdens. James 5 and 16. Confess your faults to one another. 1 Peter 4 and 9. Be hospitable to one another. Together with one another. Not just you. It takes a team, it takes a church, it takes a family, it takes a village. The most dangerous person in Christianity is the one who thinks they know it all and don't need nobody else's help. Right. Romans 14, 12 and 13 says that we will give account for ourselves if we we're a stumbling block to another brother. There was a blind man that was carrying a flashlight, he was asked, "Why, why are you carrying a flashlight? You're blind. He says. I may not can see, but I don't want to be a stumbling block for others to fall. So he carries a flashlight so they can see him because he can't see them. Because he don't want to be a stumbling block. We can't be a stumbling block for somebody else to fall. Matthew chapter 24, it says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. John 15, 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 17. This I command you, that you love one another. Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Romans 13 and 8. Owe nothing to anyone except to love them. And, for, and, and, whose, and he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. First Corinthians 16 and 14. Let it all be done in love. Galatians 5, 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in this one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ephesians 5 and 2. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you. An offering of the sacrifice of God is a fragrant aroma. When we give to God and we honor him and, so, and, and love others, it says it smells sweet to God. It's a fragrant aroma to him. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4 9. Now to the love of the brethren. You have no need for us to write you because Christ has taught you to love one another. Hebrews 10 and 24, and let us consider now to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews 13 and one, let love of the brethren continue. James two and eight, if, if however you are fulfilling the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself and you are doing well. First Peter one and 22, since you have in obedience to the truth, since you have in obedience to the truth, purify your souls for sincere love for your brethren, Fervently love one another from the heart, and First Peter four and eight. Above all, keep in fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. See, I'm here to tell you, this is a message that I that I, I preach every year. I, I stay along the same lines. I change a little bit here and there, but that message right there, every year I'm going to preach, because it's what we need to hear. It's what I need to hear. It's all about love. Love, uh, uh, I can't think of the name of the group right now, but, but love is a verb. There's three guys. Um, and love is a verb. It's, it's, love is action. Love is movement. Everything. If we, if we can just learn, learn, if you're like, I want to be a better Christian, okay, love people better. It's pretty simple. I want to be a better Christian. Pat, well, love people. On Tuesday nights, we have, you know, at 7 o'clock, we have about an hour. We come in here and we have a discipleship class. I don't care if you're you're a new Christian or you're an older Christian. It's discipleship for everybody. We're we're at the point now where it started being just just new, new, new people who come into church and new Christians. Now it's just discipleship. If you want to be discipled and you want to learn more about the Bible, you can just come. Just come. Be discipled. Because we love you. And I want you to know we love you here. I'm so proud of y'all yesterday that were working and came yesterday. Y'all just loved on everybody that showed up. That made me as a pastor so happy. Everybody that loved, everybody was happy. We've had people show up today to our church because of yesterday. We're so honored that God allowed them to feel something that compelled them to come. There was enough love here that we were able to do that. And see, if we love, then God will help them change. You came to church and you got saved because somebody loved you enough to ask you to come to church and change your ways. How dare us look down our noses at anybody that's in sin when we once were in sin ourselves and now that we're saved, oh glory. We have to understand it's not about us, it's about Him and we're going to reach our community. We're going to love our community, red, yellow, black and white. rich. Old. Doesn't matter. All, all different people, all different personalities. We're going to love on them and God's going to bless them and God's going to change them. And they're going to get saved. And they're going to be warriors for Christ. We're going to encourage them. So maybe today you have a problem with, with love. And you're like, I want to be closer to God. But I, but I need to work on my love race.